Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello guys. And this is episode 216 now and we're recording on the 5th of July. Yes, on a very hot and humid day. I'm, I'm suffering, Alex. I'm, I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down south it has been very hot today. 30 degrees really, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's yeah. been, yeah, it's very muggy, it's very humid. Yeah, that's it, Rob. Stick your phone on airplane. Oh, no, don't just, put on your flashlight. Just, just turn the torch on. There we go. Lovely. We put our phones on airplane, listeners, because otherwise um, reception can interfere with the recording. Sometimes. I don't think it has for a while, luckily. But uh, that's because our phones have been on airplane. I think in the early episodes, the, the mic was more susceptible to it. Yep, maybe. Mic chat. Lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, have you got any news? Um, not really. No. Um, I would like to say that um, I've uh, posted a picture of the original. Um, story. You know, we always used to feature in the Gazette Held the Devizes prom story, especially yes. featuring. I've, well, I found the latest uh, version of that from 2017 and uh, posted that. So um, I did look at that article, Rob. And um, which one did you just see? There's there's what, two. There's now two prom stories. Oh, right. Well, it was the first one that you told me about last week. And you are right that they, that, that, all of them, both the boys and the girls, did not look. Look, I mean, they look like adults. You're, you're treading on very. No, 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 no. They looked in their twenties. Yeah, I know. Reminded I know. me of like the way, like if you look at American teenagers around that age, they always look a lot older than they are, as if they take some sort of growth hormone. Yeah, and I wonder if it's happening the same over here because some of these people could have been late twenties. Yeah, the, the brunette in the black dress sitting in the car definitely. She looks about twenty-five. I don't right. Although, uh, in the interest of balance, I would like to say, in my eyes, they were all lovely. Good, I think, including the boys. Right. Am I starting, Rob? Yes, please, yeah. You always just to get on with it. Um, right, Rob. First story I've got here is from the Daily Echo, Bournemouth Echo, by Jim Durkin, from the 3rd of July. Um, I, I like this story because, it, because of what it doesn't tell us. Um, so, it's like there's detail in it, but there's a lack of detail, and you wish you knew more, but the mind kind of boggles, so maybe you can fill in the gaps. Okay. The headline is, Army officers, in quotes, improvised gladiatorial-style combat, close quotes, led to barracks flare fire at drunken party. <laughs> right. An army officer who caused a huge blaze at his barracks after firing a flare at a drunken party has been ordered to pay £10,000 in compensation. A court-martial heard the blaze, which caused £400,000 worth what? of damage at Albany Barracks, Bovington Camp, last July, started after Captain... Rupert Nurek, which sounds suspiciously German to me, uh, N-U-R-I-C-H. Is there a problem with that? Yes. Oh, right, okay. Took part in improvised gladiatorial style combat, close quotes. Hang on. I don't understand. If they were... So there was obviously some sort of Greco-Roman wrestling going on. It doesn't say. They never elaborate on that point for the rest of the article. They never tell you what they're referencing. Does it say why he had a flare on him? Well, Nurek of the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards was found guilty of negligently damaging service property, given a severe reprimand in order to pay £10,000 to a civilian steward who lost all her personal possessions in the fire. Jesus. He was earlier found not guilty of arson. After a dinner attended by around 500 soldiers and civilians, Nurek and Lieutenant Tim Carpenter, also of the Scots Dragoon Guards, were involved in setting off the flares. Lieutenant Carpenter, who was found not guilty of arson and not guilty of negligently damaging service property, admitted firing some flares and handing one to Captain Nurek. Nurek admitted firing the flare from the pool area of the barracks, which went through the window of a bedroom, setting fire to the room and a corridor. So to be fair to him, it's not something he intended to do. It's not like he deliberately no. caused well, a flare to... Well, if he did, he's a bloody good shot. And also, did you not say flares... So yes. there was more than one? Yes. 
Ten fire engines from Dorset and Wiltshire Holy Fire and shit. Rescue Service, some travelling from as far afield as Westbourne, were called to the scene at midnight, July 22nd. The service's aerial platform was also required so firefighters and breathing equipment could access the top floor of the seven-storey barrack block. During Newark's court-martial at Bulford Barracks, the hearing was told Newark was experienced in handling weapons and pyrotechnics. The hearing also heard that Newark had drunk two glasses of Pims and six glasses of wine at the party. The civilian steward who lost on the property also suffered post-traumatic stress disorder and mild depression following the fire. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't disperse you. Right, so Rob, what is going on? What was the improvised gladiatorial star combat about? Alex, it doesn't matter. All it matters is that sounds like one hell of a party. It really does. Well, we might never know. Um, from uh, the new shopper now, Joe Dempsey, uh, from yesterday. He's back! Couple mugged on romantic night out in Croydon, saved by Bromley Batman. Oh, God, really? The Bromley Batman has struck again, saving a couple who are on a romantic night out in Croydon. So, Kyla Simpson had just finished a lovely night out with her partner. She said, We noticed two stumbling men walking towards us, starting to shout things, so we decided to give them a very wide berth. Right. The men came over and pushed me first, to which my husband stepped in and got punched in the face. One of my men told my husband to give him his wallet and his phone, also while hurling verbal abuse at both of us. We were so scared for our life that my husband kept his cool and tried to reach into his pocket for some loose change to give them. It looked like all hope was lost for the couple and their night would be ruined. But it was at this moment the Cape Crusader burst onto the scene. Kyla said, Then literally out of nowhere a man dressed in black, head to toe, walked in front of my husband and told the two men to leave right now. One of them told, one told him to fuck off you prick. <laughs> and went to hit him but the man in black went into action he struck the man on the nose and kicked him in the belly and he went down to the ground the man's friend jumped on the man in black's back to which he then grabbed the man and flung him right over his shoulder and onto the pavement and hit him until they both said words to the effect of stop stop mate it's cool they got up and literally ran away the man in black turned to us and said get home quickly and asked if my husband was okay because of his bleeding nose to which he replied yes then he just jogged away the vigilante hero's identity remains unknown although he is said in the past, he prefers to be called the Shadow because he fought crime across Thous, Thous, So we are London. talking about a proper vigilante who actually broke up a fight. Yes, whilst this time fat prick in a, in a, a you know a child's superhero. Right? <laughs> whilst this whilst this time, this mysterious masked hero never said who they were. Kyla reckons it's the same Bromley Batman. She said the man in black was heavily stubbled and about six foot two with a bandana mask, a bit like the Zorro movies. He was well built, looked like he could handle himself. I've now gone online and looked up this man for more sightings. And it sounds eerily like the Bromley Batman. I didn't know who to contact about all this, as we have kids as well, but just wanted to say thank you for, to this man for help getting us home. That's amazing. Safely. If it's true. Fair play. What would, you, what would you like about this? Right, Rob, two things. They're kind of connected. I need you to check your email because I sent you two pictures. Now, but you mustn't even open it until I tell you. Okay. So before you go to your email. Okay, I've seen the email here. I, can't, I haven't opened it. Good. Do you remember, Rob, the EFITs? Of course. And how we used to laugh at them, because a lot of them look like the hair. You know, they'd done quite a good job on the computer-generated face. Yep. And the hair looked like it had been cut out of a magazine. Yeah, and just, and just put on, and just put on, on the, the screen. Yeah. Well, I have a story about EFIT, but before that, I saw a real-life version of that this week on the what? tube. I sat down on the tube opposite a man who was wearing, without shadow of a doubt, the most ridiculous toupee I have ever seen in my life. Nice. He was an Asian man with sort of long grey hair, and he just shoved on top of that, rather like a hat, an extremely bad jet black toupee. And I took a picture of him, Rob, without him noticing, and you are going to see it now. It's the best picture you've ever seen. So I can open it But now. I don't know if we can put it on Facebook, because it has his identity. We might have to blur out his face. Oh, please, let's put blur out his face. Okay, right. Hang on. 
Please zoom in. Um, Alex, this might be his actual, you know, this might actually be a hat. No, it's not a hat. I was sat there. It was that hair. It was a toupee. Brilliant. It wasn't a hat. And you're on the Bay Clue line, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Recognised by the... It wasn't... Of the, uh, can't you see that it's a toupee? You Look, can. Yeah. You can quite clearly see it because you, you can see the tufts of white hair just coming out the side. Oh, bless him. Rob, where would you even buy that? A joke shop? That's like a comedy wig, isn't it? Maybe this is what the look he was going for. Maybe this is... this. Rob, he looks ridiculous. Alex, this is an old man. This is all he has to live for. Well, related to... Can Bad you, hair. We need to put that on YouTube because it is fucking hilarious. It is, it's brilliant. Uh, if you scroll down in a second, not quite yet, from BBC News, 30th of June, He-Man, E-Fit, Lincoln robbery suspect picture ridiculed. And I'd like you to go down to the E-Fit now and you can see how the E-Fit made this man look very much like... Okay, hang on. He-Man. <laughs> oh my... <laughs> Again, oh, it, doesn't that look just like the man? Again, did you see how that man looked like the bad e-fits? So yeah. anyway, this e-fit is of a man, very good computer-generated face, stunning in fact, and then hair that looks like it's been cut out of a magazine. It, it looks it's like... a Pat Sharp haircut. It's not even that. It looks like they've just cut that cut out the, the hair that could be taken from a golden retriever. Yes. It looks like the, 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 the hair around his face could be the ears... I mean, it's just a travesty. An e-fit of a man wanted in connection with an attempted robbery in a park in Lincoln has been ridiculed on social media. One response to the appeal said simply, It's He-Man! Another likened the image to 1990 pop star Chesney Hawks, writing, I am the one and only. Lincolnshire police have yet to respond to a request for a comment, but forces have previously blamed computer errors for questionable e-fits. So, that's interesting. The police have blamed the computer for the questionable e-fits <laughs> in the past. <laughs> the same that the capability of the computer just can't handle it. Yeah. Can I just say, it does look like, um, as it says in the article, uh, Brian Connolly, who apparently is the lead singer of the suite. Yes, yes. I'm not sure this is quite the response the police were hoping for, Georgina F. Carter wrote, but surely this must go down in history as the biggest graphics fail of 2017. He looks like a Muppet. It's ridiculous. Some criticised the force for posting an e-fit which is distracting from the actual crime. One person wrote, I can't stop laughing at both the e-fit and all these comments. Perhaps back to the drawing bads, drawing board lads. The appeal, which was posted earlier, asked to help identify somebody after an attempted robbery, a robbery earlier this month in Hartsholm Park in Lincoln. The man is described as having blonde, unkempt hair and wearing a grey t-shirt. The victim sustained a minor injury to her cheek, the force <laughs> said. Um, also, I mean, it's not the police's fault. They didn't deliberately try to release his e-fit in order to try and... and can't take away from the crime in any way. Can I just ask, have you, uh, have you got the second picture in the story? Because I haven't got it. It says, in 2016, Northamptonshire police released an e-fit which was described as looking like he was eating a banana sideways. No, it's just down. a blank, it's just a blank, uh, oh. blank Surely we can just Google that. Is that because I sent you the PDF? Yeah, you sent me the PDF. Yes, could you Google it? Oh, Google on. the whole story, because I need to see an e-fit of a man looking like he's eating a banana hang sideways. On. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, let's see what we can find. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think this is the one. Yes, please show me. Yeah, I mean, that is... right. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So the story is from uh, this is on the BBC News website. Northamptonshire Police platypus, ma- uh, platypus mouth e-fit ridiculed on social media. Did we never pick this one up? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what the fuck is that? So just to explain to listeners, his his his. His mouth, which is smiling, pretty much extends the whole width of his face. It looks like someone literally has gone onto one of those 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 like social media apps where you can just elongate the face. It's ridiculous. It is. Um, we like posting it. Maybe you could put that one on Facebook. You yes. Put the okay. He-Man one on Facebook, and we can put the real life man with the worst toupee in the world on Facebook, and I will blur out his face using some 
method. Which is a shame, because I quite like the expression on his face. He looks quite happy with himself. He does. He looks quite contented. There was no hint of shame there, Robin. This is what I'm saying. This is a man in his prime. He wanted to look good. And to be honest, if you ask me, I think he does. Okay. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. Or yeah, stories. Stories, two of them. Now, both of these I love. The first one actually came across, uh, I found it in the, in the mirror, but I've gone back to the source because it was actually my local area. So this is from um, the uh, East London and West Sussex Guardian. And it's only from yesterday, so it's still quite, quite, uh, quite current. Um, any journalists listed? No. Headline. Money doesn't fall from the sky, but it does certainly seem to in Epping. Mm-hmm. They say that money doesn't grow on trees or fall from the sky, but it certainly seems to in Epic. No, the phrase normally is money doesn't grow on trees. I don't hear many people saying money doesn't fall from the sky. No, I hear a lot true. about this magic money tree. Yeah, that's come up a lot recently. Drivers in Epping Euro ditched their cars to grab thousands of pounds worth of 10 and £20 notes that were scattered along the road. If you're driving and you see these notes falling, would you just stop in the middle of the street? Without a doubt. Yeah, of course you would. I'll just bail out the car. <laughs> Even if it was Car will just carry on. Possibly cause a road traffic accident. What if you what if you break your arm? Would you still jump out to get those? Notes? Oh, without a doubt. I'd, so be, I'd be using I'd be using my toes if I could. So you'd risk a broke. You'd be willing to have a broken arm for a few ten pound notes. I mean, thousands of pounds worth of ten and twenty pound notes. Right. Okay. I'll literally on my I will turn feral for this. The area descended to chaos as women, children, and men rushed out to stuff as many notes as they could into their pockets. Women, children and men, for even That's the kids the, were getting in on the Women, aid. children and kids men. Kids just barging old women out of the way. Get also, out of the way, Granny. I know, I mean, I, I realise it's probably politically correct to say women, children and men, but isn't it surely men, women and children? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. um, a cyclist was apparently seen stuffing large wads into his backpack, while a heavily pregnant woman was also involved. <laughs> <laughs> Misty surrounds how and why the notes got there. The road is very close to the Bank of England's printer works in Loughton, which is just across the way from me, by the way, where new notes are made and old ones incinerated. But the organisation denies the cash is theirs, and nobody else has come forward to claim it. Fuck off. Nobody knows how notes no are raining one, down from the sky. Literally no one has any idea where those notes came it from. It must be no connected to the Bank of England. Or crime. It has to, it has to be the process of crime. I, I can't think it's anything else. What, somebody fleeing with money that kind of went out the back window or something of the car? Yeah, just imagine. It's a bank heist, okay? They've got the they've got the, the But when the bank heist have been reported? Yeah, possibly, actually. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, it'd be quite... I mean, it's quite a, you know, a remote area. I mean, there's not that many banks, so I think it'd be quite easy to track down if a bank had been robbed. Um, a witness said, we were heading towards the M25 at 8.15. Now, I wish I was there. I really do. When the traffic came to a complete standstill, I couldn't understand why people were leaving their cars and gathering in the road. But then I spotted it. Literally, thousands of 10 and 20 pound notes just blowing everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. It's actually quite a busy and dangerous road, so I was shocked when people disregarded that to swipe as much cash as they could. It's a substantial amount of money then flowing yeah. around. Yeah. We're not talking... Yeah. Tens of thousands, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, spokesman, a police spokesman said, police contacted shortly before 8.30, so 15 minutes after Sky, because I'm guessing most of the cash been nicked, um, on Saturday, July the 1st, with a report of a, motor, uh, a motorist acting suspiciously in, in Epping New Road, Buckhurst Hill. Uh, he was seen with, with, a, with a large quantity of, of cash... Offers a search the area, but he was not located. Did you not think of driving down that road where it happened just to find the odd stray note? Because there would have been something left over there. Caught in a tree, caught in a bush, Rob. Did you not think of doing that? No. Hmm. Alex, I'm going to have to leave pretty soon, <laughs> to be honest. Um, my second story, however, before I do go, um, 
I texted Alex this yesterday saying that I think this is possibly one of the greatest headlines I've ever seen. Really? Let's be clear about this. Because you're not a man to over-exaggerate, I don't believe. No. You're seriously telling me that over the course of this podcast, this is one of the best. We've had some corkers. I wish we catalogued them. But of course, when... Any news from uh, Jennifer, by the way? No, not yet. Mm, okay. I don't I think... I think uh, I like she's to think she's, concentra- she's concentrating on developing the spreadsheet. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's it. Yeah. Come anyway, on. Yeah. Right, so... Okay, there's four words in this headline. That's it. Okay, the story is from actually the Gazette. This also must, must be one of the most concise headlines we've ever had. It is. I can't remember ever having a four word. No, have we ever had a four word? It's short and brilliant. From the what paper? From the Gazette and Herald. So this is the one that covers like devices. This is where we get the problem. Um, what are you doing checking that? I do. I, I check it occasionally. Right, okay. Um, Where's so, Devizes? Uh, a few miles away from Swindon, so Wiltshire. Okay. So this is. Near Gloucester. Uh, not that, not that far. I mean, not far away, but it's, it's next county over. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the story is by Joanna Moore from the thirtieth of June, and the headline: Vicar condemns grave barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant story as well! Who <laughs> buys a barbecue on a grave? There's pictures. Vicar condemns grave barbecue. <laughs> yes. People apparently... Can we make an episode title out of that? There probably is one. I'll show you the pictures as well, because I don't know who's taking these pictures, but they must have been literally in the court in the act. Vicar condemns grave barbecue. Who the fuck would even think of doing that? Unless the person they were... Unless it was their relative, and they, their relative who was dead particularly liked barbecues, then I think it would be excusable. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not. It's just rough sleeping, apparently. <laughs> what a great headline. Devices vicars condemn rough sleepers who used a gravestone, a graveyard tombstone to hold a barbecue on Saturday. What, it actually props it on there? Yeah. Fuck off. They use it as a makeshift table. And Alex, we're not just talking a little barbecue. They've clearly <laughs> been to a supermarket and got like burgers, cheese. Why would you want to have a, gra- a barbecue in a graveyard? Why not? It's a lovely setting. You've got a nice okay, church to look okay, at. Okay, get on with it. Homeless people who often gather in St John's Churchyard use the stone top of the grave for their barbecue just uh, hours before visitors from Devizes' twin towns of Mayen and Warbling, I'm guessing it's the towns they're twinned with, gathered at the church for a special service. The Reverend Canon uh, Paul Richardson, rector of St, uh, St John with St Mary's Devizes, said, I, cate- I can categorically state that the rector, the church warden of St John's, did not give permission for any group to have a barbecue in the churchyard. <laughs> Do you honestly need to say that? No. You're honestly making a statement saying that the, the church warden... I just love the idea that somebody would have the balls to ask the vicar, look, wait a minute, do you want if we have a barbecue here? Sorry? What, in the church? No, no, in the uh, churchyard. What, where the graves are? Yeah, yeah, we thought we could just, just do it on, on that headstone over there. I like to think he also... Put, I mean, to be honest, mate, the, um, it's... It says he died in like 1700, so to be honest, there's probably no family around now. Oh, but also, if it's a granite... It's a sitting there idle. If it's a nice granite, work, if it's a nice granite top, it wouldn't, it wouldn't burn, it wouldn't mark. Exactly. I mean, effectively, this is what they're doing. Um, the, the individuals concerned did not have permission to be in the graveyard. <laughs> it is disrespectful that the graves of our ancestors are being shown such disrespect. Devices police have, what have stepped of up people? Cons- what kind of people would even think that this was in any way acceptable in, in terms of just taste and decency? Homeless. Was it homeless people having a barbecue? It was homeless people. What do you mean a barbecue? Well, I've never seen homeless people having a barbecue, to my knowledge. Where are they get, if they're homeless, that would suggest they've got no money. Where yeah. have they got the money to buy barbecue equipment? Yeah, it's a good question. This I, reminds I me of that classic story we never featured on the podcast. It was before our time, but I did mention it to you once. I've still, kept, I've still kept it. I've got it upstairs somewhere. 
and the Sun with their brilliant Swan Bake. Oh yes, yes. Which, yes, which yes. reported that there was a group of asylum seekers found in Hyde Park barbecuing a, a swan. Yeah. Um, which was completely false, by the way. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, John Sanders from Devices Charity Open Door, uh, which works with homeless people, said he had spoken to people who took part in the barbecue and they did not mean to cause offence. He said maybe the town uh, should consider having public barbecue spots in more uh, public barbecue spaces in more appropriate spots. Pitch I don't barbecue. think our climate warrants the opening of public barbecues. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not there now. What are you talking about? Yeah, it is, but it, that, that to me would be a waste of nat- good natural resources. And you know, I think I think if we're going to funnel initiatives into things, it should be things other than that. I mean, to be fair, if a if a graveyard is lying idle, I think it's perfectly perfect space for barbecue. And also, you know, flats. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think we should start building on barbecue um, on, on graveyards. Why not? Yeah, I mean they're dead anyway. Who's going to complain? Uh, pictures of the barbecue were posted on social media and sparked a mixed reaction. One person saying, "Disgusting and very degrading. How can they? How would they feel if it's a member of their family?" I'm appalled. But another said, uh, "I would be quite happy to think that someone used my grave as a party venue one day. That's pretty cool." <laughs> Let me see these pictures. Okay. So there were a group of homeless people who had a barbecue. Apparently. Now, I mean, they're, they're set up. You just can't fault it. I mean, there's, there's like a production line. These people don't look homeless, Rob. No. Are you sure they're homeless? It says in the article they're homeless. But literally, they have everything. I need they to have explain. burgers. This is, this is not just like a regular tombstone. This is um, one of those... It, it's, like a, it's like a coffin made out, of, um, made out of concrete, but it's an old grave. Yeah. So, so it's a big... Great big thing, and they are basically just using it as a table. Yes, they've got everything laid out on there: their sauces, their salads. Where, for what homeless people carrying around a wooden chopping board? <laughs> what do they do with this stuff afterwards? I'm looking at the next picture. Oh my god! Oh god! Describe it to the listener, Alex. Well, I have described it to the listener, and then there's another picture of a. Of another, what looks like another barbecue, just resting on top of a gravestone, yeah. with, with 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 rather unfortunately a pile of black ash in it. <laughs> yeah. I hope they didn't dig up any of the ashes, to, you know, to, to, for their coal, <laughs> for their fuel. <laughs> you never know. At least they're making use of it. Yeah. Okay, Rob. Uh, a few little tidbits, I think, for us here. Um, first of all, I was it was negligent of me last week to forget to report on what's happening in the world of uh, you know those sort of rather tawdry women's magazine publications. I was very upset by that. I love those those weekly updates. Take a break, etc. So I've just got a, a couple now, I believe. Um, yes, here we go uh, from Real People magazine. This one, a new one that I found. Okay. Um, uh, which features uh, headlines on the front page such as banged up at a baby shower um, that's an interesting one no escape my rapist's moving in next door uh, and, forced, Sorry, laugh and forced to watch her four kids die lovely again and from That's Life which is uh, saying that you can win £16,631 £16,631 very specific number what? there what? what? Yeah, why? Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, which has headlines such as so desperate, I seduced my own dad for a baby. Um, I gave birth on Pontin's dance floor oh and uh, pushed from a parachute, pushed from a plane with no parachute is the other one. 
there. We so came your... up with, well, I say we, you came up with a phrase um, to describe a certain uh, class of people. Uh, as, we, to people. as to people. I don't want to be held to this too much, I've got to say. I... No, but I think it, it, it epitomises, and I realise that I have certain traits that may fall into that category as well, so I think that's okay. Um, but um, I can't imagine that the people talked about in these stories who probably need the cash uh, may be categorised as Asda people and the people who read these stories well it'd be interesting to know if they sell most in Asda these magazines I imagine they do Rob here's a little gem of a story for you I think it's from the Metro Evening Stand I don't know we've got a picture of it here Met Officer off the beat This this is unbelievable this story absolutely unbelievable it's by Rashid Razak Right. Met officer off the beat for stealing biscuits. Here's the story. <laughs> An officer at a London police station has been taken off the beat for a year for allegedly eating a colleague's biscuits without permission. Uh, unfortunately, one of our listeners has submitted the story. Oh, right. And I haven't I'm read it. Out. I just saw the headline. Okay. The P- Is it not the one you're featuring this week? Though? No. No. The PC, based in Kingston, has been on restricted duties while Scotland Yard's Department of Professional Standards investigates. Damn fucking right. Rob. Scotland Yard. He is understood to have handed out the snacks to fellow officers after finding an open packet. He was later accused of theft and has been on restricted duties since June last year. Yes. Well, I don't see the problem. Rob, no, no, come on. Please be serious. No, I'm being serious. Stop the sarcasm. This this man is supposed to uphold the peace, okay? If we can't trust the police, then who can we trust? Rob, it doesn't say much about the efficiency of the police force. This has been investigated for 13 months. And he's quite clearly taken them. A source told the Daily Mirror. Source told the Daily Mirror they offered open they offered biscuits from an open pack at the end of a shift. This issue is the time it takes to conduct investigations. The average taking over a year. The officers, who in most cases have done little or nothing wrong, work within restricted guidelines while watching colleagues burn out. A mix spokesman said the investigation is nearly concluded. <laughs> so this poor what? guy. So rather than him using him to all of his talents and abilities, he's on restricted duties for 30 months while they investigate an investigation into the fact that he handed out somebody else's biscuits. Rob, that is patently absurd. Yes, I agree. It's a couple, but what worries me is the kind of story that if the Tories got hold of it, or the Tory press, it would just be another justification for kicking the police. Yes, true. So I'm sorry to have added fuel to that fire. Um, Rob, talking of... Well, it's not really gravestones, but it's very similar. Um... This is a story from BBC News, which I just loved, from the US and Canada Department. It's from Arkansas. Okay. I just loved this story. I don't know why I loved it, but I did. Um, Newly erected Arkansas Ten Commandments monument destroyed. (laughs) Right. Uh, Act of God. (laughs) And and if you can imagine, it looks just like a gravestone, but it's the two tablets joined with the Ten Commandments. It's absolutely huge. So like a Miliband's... uh... Yeah, it's rather like that. In the middle of a very nice-looking kind of parking type area. Lovely, lovely. A new monument in the US state of Arkansas listing the Ten Commandments has been destroyed less than 24 hours after it was unveiled. That's impressive. The six-foot, 1.8-metre granite granite slab... Six foot? Yeah, was erected in the... It's a bloody Ten Commandments, Rob. It deserves to be six foot. Sorry. Was erected in the grounds of the state capitol. A suspect is reported to have driven his car into a structure early on Wednesday while filming on his mobile phone and posting footage on Facebook. I don't have that, I'm sorry. Michael Tate-Reed is now accused of defacing an object of public interest and criminal trespassing. He's also accused of first-degree criminal mischief, which is brilliant, brilliant. And only in US would you have that charge. Yeah. A Facebook Live video by an account under the name of Michael Reed shows what appears to be a driver pointing his headlights towards the monument of the Ten Commandments, driving at it and shouting, Freedom! As he smashes into it. <laughs> That's why I read this oh story. Oh my! Oh Jesus! What's going on there? <laughs> I mean, let's face it. That that uh, that just. I mean, that that epitomises the average sort of Bible about American, doesn't it? 
But why would he? Well, yes, but a Bible about America. I don't know, that would be the opposite, wouldn't it? It's the opposite. Yeah. And Mr. Reed was accused of destroying a different Ten Commandments monument in Oklahoma three years ago, media reports. So he's a staunch atheist then? <laughs> I don't know. But he was diagnosed with quite a severe mental health condition. Right, okay. And was released from hospital in January 2015 as part of an agreement with the Oklahoma County's District Attorney's Office where he pledged to continue receiving treatment and therapy. But obviously, once they let him out, he found another Ten, Com- Ten Commandments monument. And, Great, uh, and I'd be mocking a man with a with mental illness. Well, yeah. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee tweeted that, in quotes... Some idiot in my home state broke all the Ten Commandments at the same time. It wasn't Moses and it wasn't Mount Sinai. <laughs> the, initiative, the initiative to build the statue was led by Arkansas Senator Jason Rappert, who sponsored a 2015 law to the swear on state grounds. Mr. Rappert said it honoured... Unfortunately, you've got to make sure you say that right. Mr. Rappert said it honoured the historical moral foundation of the law, but opponents, including American Civil Liberties Union, said that its appearance amounted to an unconstitutional endorsement of religion. They threatened to take legal action to have it taken down. The statue was financed by more than $26,000 in private donations, local media reported. So if you're kind of... I understand it's a great monument to have, but if you're poor living in that area and you can see people donating $26,000 to build, um, you know, uh, a monument... Of the Ten Commandments. I don't know. Could that money be better spent? Yes, but I think the people who have been donated this money would say that these people need to remember these are the Ten Commandments. They should abide by them in the first place. Their situation is probably as a, as a, of a result of not abiding by them. That would be exactly their argument, Rob. Okay, it is time for our listener story of the week. And who is it from, Rob? Listener story of the week. <laughs> Okay. Um, this week is by Kyber. So Kyber, Kyber submits the story. Uh, now, he's obviously uh, encroaching on Craig's patch because uh, this story... Did he say anything when he submitted this or was it just a link? Uh, no, he just says he's, he's, he's submitted the link with a very short line of thing. This is saying this is one for this evening. Or okay, tonight. great. Um, so this is from the Wells Online. It's, hey! Yeah, we have So, so is, this, is this now a turf war between listeners? Have we haven't heard from Craig for a long time, have we? Uh, a very long time. I was tweeting the other week. Oh, okay, so he's yeah. still alive. Because yeah, yeah. I always yeah. worry that he's going to have an accident in the abattoir. Yeah, well, there's always that possibility, I have to say. And I have to say, I'm following Jack on Twitter, and his Asian sex store is really hotting up. Mm. Uh, the story is by uh, Gareth Wynne Williams, and it's from the 27th of June this year. And the headline... Wynne Williams? Yeah, so uh, Wynne, W-Y-N hyphen Williams. Right, never heard the name Wynne before. It's very Welsh. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, a council wiped out 1,500 rare Welsh bees, thinking they were wasps. <laughs> How do you mistake a bee for a wasp? Wasps have long pointy tails, they're bastards. Bees are nice creatures. But honeybees, if, to the untrained eye, a honeybee will look like a wasp. Will it? Yeah, have you not seen a honeybee? I'm not talking bumblebees, honeybees. They, they have the same sleek body, they're a bit furrier... And the, the, their colours aren't as prominent, but they could be yeah, you're right. I think mistaken was, for a wasp. I think that was a fucking wasp. Does that mean I've killed a lot of um, honeybees? Possibly. Oh, and because of you, the, the planet's dying. So are they the bees that, 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 that are uh, responsible for honey? Is, so what do bumblebees do then? Uh, they pollinate. Right. <laughs> is that enough? Yeah. Good. Bee talk. <laughs> There's a podcast there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Maybe just the one episode. <laughs> yeah. After that, I think it went out. It'll go downhill quite quickly. More than 1,500 rare native bees were killed by pest control officers who thought they were wasps. 
Council of Pest, uh, Pest Controllers thought they were responding to a wasp infestation, but ended up wiping out Welsh black honeybees. I was going to make a comment there, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> the authority says it will now investigate why proper procedures weren't followed. Hopefully, it will, it will follow the same sort of procedure as the police officer who's, who gave out the biscuits. <laughs> and the investigation will be resolved in about a year and a half. Pest control staff told, took the decision to, to exterminate the insects after a resident reported them swarming in a dustbin. I don't know why I like the expression swarming in a dustbin. Yeah, I like it as well. So they opened the lid, quickly put it closed because they thought what looked like a, 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 a hornet's nest. Yeah, got a flare, just chucked it in. Yeah, got it. Nuked the, nuked the lot of them. A beekeeper, who lives, a beekeeper who lives less than two miles from where the mistake happened. Again, there's something about that sentence. At Clanfishel. Uh, Rob, don't forget on the mic. Yeah, I, I also oh, Anglesey. Yeah. I used to go there a lot as a child. Holy is, that, is that true? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I love Anglesey. Good. Uh, said it was, in quotes, a disaster. Uh, Katie Hayward, who runs the award-winning Felon Honeybees, said... The what are they doing in the bee? bin in the first place, all these honeybins? Bees, sorry. <laughs> honeybins, that's the yeah. most really funny slip. Uh, I don't know. They've right. just taken precedence there. I assume They've family. been evicted by the council. I assume somebody have thrown them out. Maybe, yeah. And then they just take it up in a bin. They're having a barbecue. Uh, the Welsh black bee is, as you can probably tell from the name, native to this country. Uh, efforts are underway to try and increase their population. So from a, a beekeeper's point of view, it's incredibly sad and very frustrating to see so many of them being unnecessarily killed. Uh, on more than one occasion, I've spoken to pest control staff at the council and they said they'd be more than willing to help me. I know they're very busy and short-staffed, but I can't emphasise how much of a disaster it Are is they very busy and short-staffed? Is, is there a high need for pest control in Wales, in, this, in Anglesey? I mean, I, I've, I've literally no idea to that. It's infested with rats nowadays, is it? <laughs> That's, could possibly, I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it's European rats. Um, <laughs> the Welsh black bee is almost completely black, as, you, as, you, as you'd think, and is the last survivor... Well, how could they original... mistake that for a wasp, then? If it's black... God knows. What's it called? I want to look something. I want to see a, a Welsh black bee. You told me the honey bee earlier. No, no, no. I said no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. I said they make honey. No, so no, you told me to look up a honey bee, and you said honey bees look like wasps. Yeah, these cute. are honey bees, but right. they are not. The, they are not identical to honey bees. They are apparently Bloody hell. the last survivor of the original British bee. There's no way you could mistake that out. for a wasp, unless you well, unless it was a wasp covered in tar. Alex. If you were outside, put yourself in the situation, you're going to put your bin bag out in the bin. If you opened it and saw 1,500 insects in there, would you instinctively I'd, think, I'd, I'd, is that I'd, a honeybee I'd, or a wasp? I'd, I'd slam the lid closed and run down the road screaming. Exactly. And never come back to the house. <laughs> oh, right. Really? Yeah. Just, just completely abandon it? Just leave it for dead? Yeah, I think I'd just run and keep running until I found the river and just dive into it. That sounds fair. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could leave the dust bin open and the bees could move in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, black bees are darker and broader. Um, sorry, black bees are darker and boast thicker, longer hair and a longer body than the coloured, uh, the golden coloured southern European Rob, bee. I'm just beginning to realise this is turning into bee talk. I think people want to know this, Alex. Okay. Uh, which allows them to keep them warm, uh, so they keep them cooler in. Uh, hang on, sorry, I need to get this right. Which allows them to keep them warmer in cool climates and more adaptable to British weather. Right. So that's the... How did they kill them? Do we know? Um, Maybe it was a flare in the bin, as you said earlier. It doesn't say. Right. Yeah. 
Could be a Falana bin, um, could be a fire. They just start a fire. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what, you just chuck a match in there? Yeah, a bit of paraffin. Paraffin, lighter, that kind of thing. Oh, God. Mine boggles. But I like to think are, that... Are they an endangered species or anything? I mean, does, it matter, now, yeah. does it matter if that minute 1,000, whatever it was, have been wiped out? Uh, it yeah, apparently they are They are trying to up their... Um, I'm sure that I mentioned before that they were trying to... Increase. Do you reckon that pest control person is now full of remorse, Rob? Every night, all they can hear is the sound of these... You know these bees burning, Dying. or however he killed them. Like he's and he wakes up and he's like his wife's like, "What's wrong?" And he goes, "I can't." You know he can't forgive himself, Rob. I hope, really hope so. I hope at night when he closes his eyes. Sorry, you hope you hope this man is filled with haunted by these, remorse, these, because these bees help our environment. They are they are crucial to our ecosystem. So he's saying that every pest control person should have a little guidebook of bees, the little guidebook of bees, so we can quickly look and open the book and see which one it is. Well, I'm exactly. Is it a bee or a is it a wasp? Guide. Yeah. yeah, there needs to be a simple thing. Like, is it a bee or a wasp? And they should they should have to take uns, maybe a GMVQ in how to identify the difference between wasps and bees. That was incredibly patronising, Rob. <laughs> I just like the idea that when he closes his eyes, he, you know, puts his head on the pillow, closes his eyes, and slowly the the buzzing just gets more and more intense over the course of the night. GMVQ differential B forward flash wasp studies. Beautiful, I think so. Yeah. Well, that Rob. Brings this episode of LA Podcast to a close. I don't know about you, but I felt that episode was buzzing. I wasn't, didn't even think of making any puns, but yeah. But will there be a sting in the tail at the end of the episode, Rob? That's the Probably, question. Probably, yeah. Um, just wait a because second. Because of that bastard. <laughs> just wait a second. Because. Rob. Yeah, we heard you. Obviously, buzz off. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, for- isn't it? We look forward to the mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our Beager next anti- episode. No, sorry. To our next episode. Can you shut up? To our next episode, which will be episode 217, as we move ever more forward, Rob, like... Why can I never remember the stories after we've had them? What was oh, the, like, like a man driving... Driving into the Ten Commandments. Like a man pursuing freedom, whatever that means, driving into a, a monument of the Ten Commandments, smashing through them, and then continuing to drive, looking for his next monument of the Ten Commandments, to smash just like that we move evermore forward to our next episode which as I say will be episode 217 I feel like all those uh, evermore forward like a whatever have been getting increasingly worse and worse I mean the they have been have for, for months now so we can be found on our website which is only podcast and Rob has been very active on social media recently so keep following keep retweeting please leave us a review on the podcast app we really appreciate it when you do that go to YouTube hit subscribe on our channel lapodcast.net and hit subscribe on iTunes as well go to our website lapodcast.net all the episodes are there um, and of course if you want to send us a story you've got numerous ways you can do it you can tweet it to us at LA Podcast you can post it on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast or you can email us the good old fashioned way at LA uh, what is it LAPodcast.net at gmail.com LAPodcast.net at gmail.com <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening this week God bless take it take... fuck what's the sign off I say God bless you say keep it local now get on with it keep it local kids <laughs>